Hello and welcome to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. This week's podcast, and for a few weeks into the future, we are going to have a conversation with Brian Hayden. I know Brian as the co-founder of HeatSpring, who recruited me to teach online classes for HeatSpring in 2014. The interview was rather long, so rather than posting it all at once, I'm going to break it up over the next few weeks. What we have here this week is the talk that we recorded of our conversation before we dived into my interview of Brian, which is actually the tables turned and Brian interviewing me. How about that? Brian and Heatspring have been a pleasure to work with. At the time, I was already working for Kaplan and negotiating with Kaplan Cleantech to write material and present for their online classes, which I also did. Since then, Kaplan has gone out of the solar business, so I think it is okay to tell you that I like the process and the material for Heatspring much better. With Heatspring, I could do whatever I wanted. I did not have a formula that seemed to get in the way of the flow of knowledge, and I could update videos as I went. With Kaplan, there was a fancy studio and a green screen, and I recorded everything over a period of a few weeks. It was a great experience at Kaplan with great people. However, with my heat spring classes, you do not have to watch my face much, and you get to see the important information and graphics that I put on my screen capture videos. You also get to see more jokes and my personality with HeatSpring, which I think is an important way to get points across. Another thing about my HeatSpring classes is that I am constantly updating the videos, and I think, most importantly, I'm available every day to answer questions and do answer questions every day. Some days I answer questions for two hours, and my answers often are much longer than the questions. You can get a feel for this at the solarshawn.com discussion forum. Enough about myself. But not really, because as we start this podcast, Brian and I had a conversation, and Brian, who is a serious podcaster himself, seemed to be interviewing me. I have decided to put this together in the chronological order that we recorded, so let's listen to Brian interview me a bit before I interview Brian. Brian's podcast, by the way, is called Finding Your Venture. It could be found at findingyourventure.com. His podcast may be relevant to many of you ambitious people out there. Since his podcast is about entrepreneurship, and you will learn later in this podcast, Brian teaches an entrepreneurship course at the University of Michigan Center for Entrepreneurship. That's the famous university that makes the shirts and hats that say, Go Blue. Let's get on with our conversation. So to start off here, we are talking about making a podcast, and we're talking about editing the podcast. And there's a lot of time that goes into editing podcasts, and my courses. Yeah, anytime I've done anything, I redo it five times, and it's. I think that's totally normal. I noticed on some of my classes, like especially this in material with Bill Brooks, man, I'm spending two days on 15 minutes sometimes. Yeah, so, wow. Hmm. That's so cool. I haven't met Bill. I've heard a lot about him. How did you guys connect? I mean, I imagine you bump into each other all the time, but how did you decide to start working together? He's been teaching classes for like 30-something years. So I started off taking his classes and then I started teaching my own classes and I was kind of being an entrepreneur and I had a friend, Desi, and we were doing some of our own classes. And then we invited Bill to come in and teach with me. I think that's kind of how that started. And then he taught with me for a few classes. I was teaching at SPI. That's the big solar power international event. Mm -hmm. And then Bill stuck his head in the door and I said, Hey, what do you think about this? And he's like, well, I did write it. 
And this was in Orlando in 2012. And so he stuck his head in the door and he's like, yeah, I wrote that. And then the next year I invited him to do it with me. He was into sailing too, and I have a sailboat. And so we share a sailboat now. How did Bill get to the point where he was writing so much of the code? And what was his role where he was able to have that much influence over what was happening? He started off at University of North Carolina. And I know that they have some solar stuff there. So he first kind of got into it there. And then there was some solar programs going on out in California. And there's nobody educating people about it. So he moved out here. Something like that. Wow. Um, he'd be a better one to ask about it. I know I have asked him about it, but I'm just a little bit unclear. To quote something somebody said years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a future episode of the podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And so, so then... Um, the way that I work it out with Bill, we on a sailboat together and I was making the payments and I was like, how about throwing in a day, a year for the boat? And then I'll just have all this material and I could put it on podcasts and I could put it on heat spring. And he's like, sure. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. Where is your sailboat? Where do you sail? It's in Pier 39, which is at Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, right by the Golden Gate Bridge. We used to have it out in Berkeley and we were just always beating against the wind every time. It was closer for us to get to, but you know, just you go out there to go sailing and you want to go to the Golden Gate Bridge and it's a full day affair. Mm. And now a Golden Gate Bridge trip is two hours. Did you grow up sailing? Nah, I grew up with dinky motorboats <laughs> and I had to like sand them and all this work. And so I just thought fiberglass sailboats were a dream, you know? And I took a sailing certification class. I'm trying to think probably something like eight years ago. And then I went shopping for a sailboat for about a year, and I ended up with a Ranger 33, which is a 1970s piece of classic plastic. They call it. Mm -hmm. And it's a nice, low-maintenance boat. You still ever think about someday, you know, living on a boat for a little while? Yeah. So, like, when you first called me to be an instructor for HeatSpring, it was not as long after I got the boat. And I was like, can I live on my sailboat and just do these classes and travel around the world? And you said yes. And I said, okay. <laughs> I'll teach these classes for you. <laughs> yeah, that I still I still want you to do that someday. Yeah, yeah, I, I still do too. Yeah, and then you know life kind of gets in the way, and it's kind of funny. Even with all this coronavirus stuff going on, I end up busy as can be <laughs> doing stuff. So it doesn't seem like there's that free time thing going on yet. <laughs> yeah. What are you seeing with the coronavirus? Are solar companies working right now, and how are they adapting? to the new reality you know here in the bay area we're a little bit more strict than a lot of people so i'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be doing solar unless maybe it's on some kind of off-grid hospital or something like that but i have a feeling that people might be doing some stuff that they can get away with even where i live just on the street you're not supposed to be doing gardening but everybody's gardener seems to be out i have a good friend that lives near you in michigan He's doing stuff there, and I'm not sure if he's supposed to or how much, to what degree, but I think people are still working when they're not supposed to, to a degree. But the larger companies, I'm pretty sure they can't get away with stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of places are not supposed to be working right now. Yeah, we both know that we've seen more interest in group training as a result. You know, I think a lot of people are using the time to learn what are you seeing inside the courses themselves? Are people asking different types of questions or are the courses running differently or is it pretty much the same? It's a lot busier. One of the weird things though, it seems like around January, it seems like I had the most people sign up ever for my classes. 
And I'm not sure how much of that is a new year and how much of that is coronavirus kind of sort of coming on. It was out, but people weren't locked in their houses yet. So that's kind of hard to tell. I mean, it's definitely busier. I think in a way that since you got me to sign up for HeatSpring, I'd have to thank you for that, especially right now, because the HeatSpring classes have made up for all the losses for me not doing live classes, mm-hmm. like for all those cancellations because of that. So it made me kind of coronavirus resistant. Another thing, though, too, with even economies going down, I mean, I know there was a lot of rumors about, oh, yeah, it's time for a recession and all that before this coronavirus came on. It's, you know, we're overdue for a recession. You hear all that stuff. But during the recession that we had the last time, it was like a boom for solar training. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that happens is when there's not a recession, it's real easy to get a job. And when it's not real easy to get a job, people want to get trained so that they can get the job that people would be fighting over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely observe that same phenomena. However, I will say there is a limit. There has to be a job to go get and there has to be work to go win. And so in the absence of any light at the end of the tunnel, then it's real easy to not learn and not get educated. And so I think there are limits to that phenomenon that you're describing. But I agree when you have to get creative about where you're going to find your job or where you're going to go find your work, you have to innovate. And there is sort of that thing that happens. Another thing, though, too, that a lot of my business has come from over the past, not as much with our online training, has been workforce development for people that don't have a job anyway, even in a good economy. Mm. And that should be picking up, I think. I mean, I guess it does depend on where they funnel the money. That's one of the things I've kind of been watching with all this is the last time was 2008. And at first we had Bush presidency and then we had Obama. And so both of them were distributing some of the money. But even there, the biggest thing that helped us the most in this renewable energy industry was the ITC, the 30% investment tax credit. And before Obama even got in, Bush renewed it for eight years, which really surprised everybody. And so I'm just kind of hoping for something like that to happen again. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that type of workforce development training, we have done not a lot of over the years. And when we have done it, I have felt that something slightly different is needed. There are more sort of wraparound services, I feel, that are required. We had some experience doing BPI training, Building Performance Institute, around the last recession. And the courses we were running for professionals who are in the field and and who have degrees, they just weren't suited for the audience that we, we got when we were doing the workforce development training. The folks in those courses were plenty smart. They just didn't have some of the foundational stuff. And I felt that the courses we were offering them weren't serving their needs. And so we kind of shied away from that stuff over the years. But as I've spent more time teaching and learning how to be a good teacher, I've gotten more curious in how we could address that market in the future. But it, it hasn't been a big part of our business over the years. That one class that my friend Spencer's teaching We got his class, we gave them a good group discount for our PV boot camp, but he's kind of walking through the course with them. So he's there, he's checking them to make sure that they're there and they're paying attention. And it was kind of funny. He had me do a Zoom conference with his class, like he always does, but this time they were all at home instead of in the classroom. And there was one guy that was literally under his sheets (laughs) on his phone 
taking the class. It's like, hey, he was there, but that was a first for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're we're all kind of having to see each other in our natural environment more with all this Zoom, all the Zoom calls we're doing and everything. And I, it's going to be interesting to see what we all learn about each other. Yeah. As soon as this thing is over, I have a bunch of live classes lined up. One class that I've done a lot of workforce development is in Washington, D.C. through Grid Alternatives. And so I've seen a lot of people come through there and they have a 50% job rate a year later. So 50% of these people are working in the solar industry. Wow. Yeah, that's that's great. I love when the programs industry. work. It's so, so cool. You take, yeah, so you take, you know, each class has, I don't know, somewhere around 20 people in it. And so you've taken 10 out of 20 people off of government assistance. So that's pretty amazing. Mm. That's so like the money that they put into it, they get it back many times over. Mm. Right before you were calling me, I was listening to your podcast for a minute. And I thought you sounded a lot like Tim Ferriss on there. <laughs> I <laughs> Which, I because he has like the number one podcast. Yeah, man, Tim Ferriss. I have like a love hate with Tim Ferriss. I feel like he's so interesting, but I am like always annoyed at how interested I am in what he's saying. <laughs> well, I guess that's the compliment to him anyway. Either way you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. Our guest once again this week and for the next few weeks is Brian Hayden, who is the co-founder along with Duncan Miller of HeatSpring. To learn more and to find a link to everything important in the whole world, which is covered here in its entirety, go to solarshawn.com. Over and out. <laughs>